Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right. Well, guys, uh, we've got a great word here. I feel like the Lord's really put something here for us on my heart. Uh, But before we dive in to our sermon series called Lay It Down, Let It Go, I want to give, uh, just encourage us to give a huge Antioch welcome back to Mayor Pack, who is in the house today. Mayor, could you wait? There you are in the back. Okay, Mayor just got back last week from a two-month internship in Northern Northern Scotland with one of our Antioch family churches and uh, just absolutely had a great time. Haven't heard all the stories yet, but excited to hear that. And and uh, in case you don't know Mayor, you need you need to get to know her if you don't already know her, because here's just a little glimpse of why. So, uh, Pastor Robert MacArthur. So here's here they are at the church, at the airport, sending her off back here to Texas for us. So uh, Pastor Robert here sent us a letter this week, just saying thank you. And here's just a couple of words from it. It says there's simply no words to adequately describe the massive impact Mayor had on our community on our church, and my family in the short space of time that she was with us. I was born and bred in Banff, so naturally I am well known. Mayor, on the other hand, became known by people that I have never met in the town because of her intentional conversations. Come on. On a personal level, we see many people coming through Banff within a year, but no one has quite impacted me the way Mayor has. Mayor is a real representation of the Holy Spirit, an amazing counselor, teacher, and helper. That's Mayor. We honor you, Mayor, and thank you for what you you did there in Northern Scotland. I know you're going, it's all Jesus. It is, but we're thankful for your yes. And, um, you know, if you are interested in any of our missions internships, we have those going all over the world. We have them specifically going in the summer, but there's all, it's all times of different uh, throughout the year, just as Mayor did. January and February in northern Scotland, I mean, come on, the weather was great, wasn't it? I mean, really. What was it, 35 the whole time, probably? So, all right. So we'd love to talk to you if you're interested in any of those missions internships. All right, we're going to, as I said, we're going to continue our sermon series called Lay It Down and Let It Go. And this has been a really awesome series because of the, there's freedom that comes when we surrender to Jesus. And he wants to bring that in our lives. He really does. And so we've got this opportunity on a daily basis to walk into it. And uh, so we've been walking through some different themes. And Jamie started us off by talking about forgiveness and freedom, laying down unforgiveness. And we talked about, Ben shared about identity and freedom, laying down false identities. Last week, Micah just absolutely brought it with a a sermon about truth and freedom and laying down lies. And today I'm going to be sharing to you about hope and freedom, laying down disappointment. Okay, so this is a message that's been stirring in my heart for for over a year, really, um, through some different, I took a class last year, part of my coursework that I'm doing that, that kind of highlighted some of these subjects. But then I started to see that, my goodness, this is something that it's like a life skill for all of us. It's something that it touches every single person in this room, all of our children, everybody on planet Earth. The reality that we're going to 
walk, we're going to have some type of a disappointment that we're going to face. And so we have a choice about how we walk through that and finding Jesus in the middle of it. And he is right there. And so to get us going, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, last month, I got to celebrate my 40th birthday. I know. So pretty exciting. I did get my reading glasses in the mail on the 13th on my birthday. I don't know who sent them to me, but, you know, apparently that's what happens on your 40th. So uh, exciting time. So, you know, I, um, I, I, for, if there's any restaurants or businesses that I frequent on a regular basis that give away in the birth month, they, if they give away something, then I'm going to sign up for that newsletter, that email to get that free something. I mean, I'm shameless about it. I'm self, you know, just self-confession here. And it's not so much that I'm just cheap. It's just that, come on, they, if they're going to give me something, then I might as well take it, right? So, I mean, come on. So Ikea is one of those places. And I know you guys are like, really, Ikea? So here's just a little context. We did live in Europe. And so when we would want some type of a little bit of a getaway, we would go up to Austria just a couple hours away. And we would and we'd go to Ikea, and it was a bit of a, <laughs> a refuge. Sounds kind of funny. As I say it, I'm like, huh, I hear, my, I hear myself. But it's a, it's a bit of a, it was just kind of a fond place in our heart. So anyway, we, I signed up for the Ikea family newsletter. There's their advertisement. That was for free. And sure enough, on February 1st, I get my coupon in my inbox for $15 off or whatever you want and a free Swedish meatballs meal with a little cake. Come on. So I'm like, babe, honey, it came. I got it. So I'm all excited, you know, telling Laura. And she's like, great, we'll plan on doing that. So the month goes along and, and uh, we just, we didn't end up getting there. And here we are getting really close. It was the 27th and I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot about the Ikea coupon. <laughs> and so I go... Babe, let's go, let's go out on the 28th. Let's go tomorrow. We'll take the kids. We don't have anything planned. We'll head out there. And so we do. We plan on that. After school, we head out and we plan to go enjoy my free Swedish meatball meal. And we get there and, and we're having fun. Uh, the kids like you know going through the different rooms and stuff that they've got set up. It's kind of fun looking at all that. And we get to the restaurant. I've got my free Swedish meatball meal, had my yummy little cake. Happy birthday to James. And then we, we said, okay, it's getting close to, to the kids' bedtime, so we need to start heading to the cash registers and get out of here, which if you know Ikea, that's about a two-day trek to actually manage your way through that whole place. So really, it is about 20 minutes or so. So we're, start, we're going along, and, um, and I could, one of our kids, it's just getting close to bedtime, like I said, and it's just start, I can tell, we're starting to spiral a little bit. We're starting to go like, okay, we're tanking. So we're like, hustle, hustle, get out, move, move. And moving as quick as we can. And, and we're not plateauing at any point. We just keep spiraling. All right. So we're, we're heading towards the cash register. We finally get out. And at this point, I'm frustrated. I'm getting angry. And we get into the car and says one more thing that was evidence of the spiraling. And I went, that's it. This was supposed to be about me and my birthday and my free meatball meal, and now you've made it all about you. <laughs> Suddenly, the fun family night ended. So I said, baby, I'm so sorry. I repent. 
I was making that all about me. It's never all about me. And I'm sorry for saying that. That's not okay. And you know, there's a lot of disappointment and we made, don't worry, we hugged, it was okay. Forgiveness uh, all the way around. You know, there's a lot of moments like that that we can look, disappointment moments like that that we can look back on and we can laugh at. And then there's also these disappointment moments in our lives that are, we can't laugh at them. And they've shaped us in some way. They've hurt us in some way. We need healing from Jesus to come into those places. You know, when I was in middle school, I transferred from a private school to a public school. And in the private school, I was, I know you guys are going to have a hard time believing this, but I was kind of the man around there. So I, you know, specifically in basketball, I was about, I was six foot in middle school and, and was not the gangly kind. I actually had some coordination and was the high score on the team and was a natural leader and was, you know, just, I was doing well for myself. I was definitely the tallest guy in the class. But then when I transferred from that small pond to the big pond, suddenly I was one of about five or six six footers and, and the coaches didn't know me. And I remember going to tryouts that day and going, oh no, there's a bunch more of these tall guys here. I kind of lost my edge. The coaches don't know me. The players aren't passing me the ball in a scrimmage. I'm not getting a chance to show what I've got. And sure enough, a couple days later when they post the team, I wasn't on the list. And it just kind of, it was like a, it was a gut punch. It just took the wind out of me. I didn't go back and play basketball on the team anymore. I didn't on any teams anymore because it just, it, it knocked the wind out of me. I started to believe lies about who I was. It wasn't so much that it was about my basketball skills. It, 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 that could have been an ant, that could have been a logical response. Oh, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. But instead, a lies, lies were started to be planted into my heart about me who I am or who I'm not in this case. And I began to walk in those lies and those lies would shape my relationships with others and with Jesus. You know, this is one of my stories of disappointment that can look, but it can look like a lot of different things in our lives, whether it's a broken relationship or marriage, pain from our childhood, a dream still left unfulfilled, a promotion at work that somebody else got, challenges in raising our children, or challenges in dealing with and walking with our grown children. We can be disappointed with ourselves, with a situation, or with somebody else, and something that they did to us or to someone that we love. Disappointment, if left undealt with, is like a poison in our hearts. It causes bitterness, anger, rage, fear, anxiety, And most of all, it causes us to lose hope. In the name of self-protection, we begin to build up walls around us saying things like, I will never let that happen again. Or I will never be like that person. And instead of depending on Jesus for our protection, we depend upon ourselves and our own self-protection. No, dealing with our disappointment is a life skill. It's something we want to pass on to our children. It's something that we want to equip, our, we want to walk in it for ourselves. We want, we want, we want to grow in this and, and experience everything that God's got for us because it's, it's a life skill. It's just a part of life that we're going to deal with disappointment. So we need to walk in learning how to 
We need to uh, learn how to walk in it in, from a place of health. In order for us to grow as followers of Jesus, we have to see this. We cannot outgrow our emotional health. We cannot outgrow it. To the degree that we're emotionally healthy is the degree that we can be spiritually healthy. Because our spiritual health is dependent upon our relationships. But if then comes along conflict in my marriage, or conflict in a friendship, or disappointment in life, then it starts to affect everything. Because it's, our spirituality is based upon relationship with Him and with us. The good news today is that Jesus is in the house. Today is a day of freedom. It really is. My prayer today is that we would walk out of here filled with hope and free from the power of disappointment in our lives. That power that comes from knowing Jesus. So if you guys would pray with me here as we dive in to the scripture. Father, we thank you that you're with us this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you really want freedom for us, that you really have given us all the equipping and all, the, all that's needed, Lord, to be able to lay things down at your feet and to experience the freedom that comes as a result of that. So we ask, Lord, right now for just a grace on us as a community, as your people, as Antioch, Fort Worth, that we would be a people who know how to lay down our disappointment and pick up hope and that we would walk in freedom in those places. And it's in your mighty name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Would you guys open up to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 32? We're going to unpack all of this by looking at this story in the book of Luke. It's a fantastic story that might be familiar to you. So in this passage, we're going to see three things that will help us to lay down our disappointment. So let's read it together here. Luke 24, verse 13 through 32. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of the companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if they were going far as if he were going farther 
But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks. And he broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? Wow. All right, so three things that will help us to lay down our disappointments at the foot of the cross where Jesus dealt with them once and for all. So let's dive in here. Number one, to lay down disappointment, we must recognize the problem. We must recognize the problem. So before we can lay down our disappointment and experience healing, we have to recognize what happens in our hearts when we have this disappointment that's not dealt with. So it's like, it's like if we go to the doctor, and, but we don't have any idea what's going on, then we don't, we don't even realize that we're sick, then we're not going to know how to prescribe the medicine. We've got to even recognize the problem that's happening. So let's take a look at these two guys, and I think that'll help us unpack this. So these two disciples here that we just learned about, we catch up with them. One of them's named Cleopas, the other one's unnamed. Uh, they, were, they were walking along this road just after the resurrection, the same day that he rose from the dead. We've never heard of Cleopas before this time, and we never hear of him afterwards. But they must have been around, these two guys, and must have been around a good bit because they knew the disciples. They knew the 11 disciples. They had gone and later in a, in a part of the story that we don't get to, that we didn't read. It says that they went to them telling them the good news of what just happened. So they clearly had had some type of relationship with them and had been around a good bit. These two had been in Jerusalem for the weekend, probably celebrating Passover and maybe spending time with Jesus, knowing he was going to be there. They had likely started following Jesus back at some point. We don't know when but were then absolutely devastated by the events of the weekend. We do know that based on the text. Jesus, their Lord and their Messiah, had been crucified like a criminal. So they left Jerusalem that Sunday morning, and they had heard rumors that he was alive. They had heard these rumors. They didn't know what to make of it. Their hearts were in such a condition, and I want us to hear this, that even when they heard a glimmer of hope, they were so disillusioned and disheartened that they still walked away. They still walked away that day. They didn't stick around to find out what's going on. Is he really alive? Clearly, they thought of him as more than just a miracle maker, that he was their Messiah, the one who would save their people from the rule of the Romans. And you see, the Jewish people had seen an incredible uh, just years, centuries of of, of, uh, of conquer, being conquered by other people. So we had the, the Babylonians, and then the Persians took over the Babylonians. And then the, the Greeks, Alexander the, Greek, the Great, came along and, and conquered the Persians. And then the Romans entered the scene. And at this time of this story, that's where we find ourselves, with Romans ruling over the land of Israel. Needless to say, the Jewish people were really ready for this promised Messiah, this one that they knew would come to save them. And these two men were no different. They were convinced when they saw Jesus and heard his message and saw his miracles that, that he was the promised Messiah. Their problem was, however, that they had an expectation of what the Messiah would look like and do that was based upon their cultural and political lens 
rather than based upon Scripture. Rather than based upon the reality of what's written, they translated it through their political and their cultural lens. And I think we're all in danger of that at different times. When we do this, we set ourselves up for disappointment. We, we end up, we, even, we can even miss God completely, like the Pharisees or the religious leaders, when they, they studied the Scriptures, but they, they didn't even recognize Him when He walked in front of them. So when Jesus came, for the, for the most part, He looked like what they were hoping for, what they thought the Messiah would be, but He was killed. How could this be possible, is what they were thinking. The first part of Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, their hearts were sick. They were, they were, they had, they were in a bad shape. This was a ma- they had this massive gap between their expectations and the reality of what was happening. There was this huge expectation gap, and it caused them to lose hope. And this is what disappointment left unchecked does in our hearts. It causes us to lose hope. It deflates us. It, it, it's, like a, it's like a tire with a slow leak. You know, we've got a, when, I've, when we've got a, a slow leak in our tire, we picked up a nail or something. We've got to get it fixed. Because if we don't, we're, it's going to end in a wreck. If we just keep going, we don't pay attention to the reality that I am losing air. And if I keep losing air, I'm going to wreck. If we don't see it and we don't do something about it, then we're going to end up in a mess. And that's what this is like. That's what disappointment does in our hearts. Disappointment left unchecked causes us to begin to believe lies about ourselves and about God. And believing lies, as Micah unpacked last week, causes a loss of peace, causes broken relationships, walking in fear, insecurity, not living up to our potential, and anxiety in decision-making, among many other things. So the question for us today is, is what disappointment have we not taken to Jesus? And what is the effects of that disappointment on our hearts? May we be aware, may, Lord, may we be ones who are aware and we see it. The light is shining on our hearts. Are there lies that I'm believing? And when bis- disappointments do come along, big or small, what do I tend to do with those? It's good for us to examine ourselves. What do I do in those situations? Now, I, find, I found out there at Ikea what I do. And I need Jesus. I need to run to Him. So we cannot get set free from something until we realize that we've been locked up. But there's good news. Jesus is speaking to our disappointment right now. So the second thing we must do to lay down our disappointment is to listen to His Word. Listen to His Word. So let's look back at the scripture. We're going to open this up again. Luke 24, just a couple of verses, 25 through 27. Jesus said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So wow. Just imagine that sermon. I mean, my goodness. Just imagine walking along with him and you're not even realizing that this is Jesus. But later on we hear what they were saying that that were not our hearts burning within us. The Spirit of God was moving inside of us. They didn't even have words to say it. They didn't know what they were experiencing. 
But as he was speaking and, and revealing who he is according to the scriptures, their hearts were burning and were coming alive. Hope was coming back into their hearts. The good news today is that that experience is not just for those two disciples. That experience is for us, for any of us who have said, Jesus, you're the king, you're the Lord of my life. We have been given the Holy Spirit. John 16 verse 12 says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. One of the roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives is to guide us into truth, to open our eyes to see who Jesus is as he is revealed through Scripture. This is evident. We see this in this story of Luke 24. So that day, as those disciples walk along the road, disheartened and disillusioned, Jesus came to them and spoke straight into their disappointment. He spoke straight into it. And what did he talk to them about? Well, he showed them who he was from the scriptures. He opened their eyes to see who he is, uh, to see who he is built upon the promises of God that are in scripture. He wanted their roots to go from a shallow place down into a deep place where their foundation would be in Jesus and based upon the promises of God. Our lives need to be built upon the foundation of the reality of who God is and who we are. And this is revealed to us in Jesus through the scriptures by the spirit. Ultimately, what I'm saying here is that when Jesus speaks to our disappointments, he offers, he often points us to his promises. When he wants to talk to us about those places of disappointment, it's often through his promises. He's going, hang on. Do you remember who you are? Do you remember who I am? This is what is written. He calls us to put our hope in him and his promises for us rather than in temporary things. When we are immersed in the scriptures and walking in the spirit, so it's both and, immersed in the scriptures and walking in the spirit. It's both and. There's some groups out there that want to separate these two. They want it to be two different camps. Jesus speaks to us only through the written word of God. Jesus speaks to us through the rhema, the spoken word of God, through the spirit of God. Yes, together. It is through that we and we are immersed in this, in the scriptures. Then, then that, and we're walking with the spirit, then it comes alive. And then it's like Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, that says that the word is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. Jesus knows that we're often tempted to be blown around by our situations based upon what's going on in our life. Our beliefs just blown this way and that way based upon our situations. I was talking to one of my children this week about this, and she wasn't excited about going to school the next day. Imagine that. And it was at bedtime, and uh, so there was just grace for that moment. You know, there's not, it doesn't always feel that way, but there was grace for this moment. So I sat down with her and just sat next to her bed as she was laying there and just said, and just tried to listen to the Lord, like, what are you saying, Lord? What do I, how do I help her? I knew it was a motivation issue, ultimately. I said, baby, what are you hoping in for tomorrow? What's your hope in? She looked at me and went, basically, you know, I don't know what you mean, Dad. I said, okay, so in the morning, here's an example. In the morning when I wake up and my alarm goes off at five o'clock, 
I'm not going, Woo! Fired up, Jesus! Here we go! It's not usually like that. Ever, maybe. It's usually something like, Oh, oh, that alarm was loud. I wish I had a little more sleep, right? So I tell her, I said, so I've learned something. I've learned that in that moment, I just lay there for a second, and I just try to remember what God said about me and about him. So I say something like, and this is not an exact quote, but I'm just telling her some things that come to mind. I remember, Lord, that you are good. I get to partner with you today. I love my family. Thank you for giving them to me. I'm your child, loved and protected by you. Today's going to be a good day. The day may bring me good circumstances or bad, but it doesn't really matter because my hope is built upon you, Jesus. I think Graham Cook said it well when he said, there are no longer good days nor bad days. It's just days of grace. Now, Jesus is infusing hope into our places of disappointment by reminding us of his promises. The question is now if we're going to walk with him through it. So that leads me to our final point here. To lay down our disappointment, we need to walk in hope. We need to walk in hope. Capital H, Jesus. So let's read this last portion again here of Luke 24, starting in verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if they were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So, wow, another incredible moment for them to realize in that moment that the one that we thought was dead, the one we thought was the Messiah, the one who was going to save Israel, the one that we put all our hopes in, we thought he was dead, we thought he was gone, but he in fact is alive, and oh my goodness, he was walking with us the whole time. I mean, wow, what a moment. They must have, they literally, what we didn't read is they literally went back to Jerusalem right then. So they had just walked two hours. They went and ran back to tell the, the disciples because they were so excited about what just happened. Many of us, you know, Jesus, to, to realize that the one that they had put their hope in was dead, but was actually alive. Amazing. And many of us, I think, feel alone in our disappointments like they did. They were walking along and just telling their story without hope. And they felt alone. They felt abandoned. They felt like God wasn't there. But the thing is, is that he was. When we think we're alone, walking through that disappointment, that tragedy, that difficult situation, he's right there with us, speaking to us, opening up his word to us, and our hearts will burn with his spirit speaking. Once the disciples recognized him, their lives were changed. Once they saw him and heard his word, their disappointment was put into perspective. 
And this is so true for us. Once we recognize that he's right here with us the whole time, speaking to us, walking with us, and we see that our hope is alive, then our fears are put to rest. Our anxiety is replaced with peace. We start getting all these exchanges. Y'all ready? Our anxiety is replaced with peace. Our lies are replaced with truth. Our unforgiveness is replaced with forgiveness. Our, ident- our false identities are replaced with a true identity in Jesus. And our disappointment is replaced with hope. If you remember back, we've talked about Proverbs 13, verse 12, that says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But we haven't read the second half of that verse yet. And that's the good stuff. The second half says, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When our deepest longings are fulfilled, then it's like we can breathe again, right? There's, we, can, we can do what we've, met, what we've been designed to do. We're, we, there's a tree of life inside of us. There's fruit coming out of us. But where can we go to, re- to have our deepest longings fulfilled? Who is it that brings that to us? And I said, who on purpose? It's Jesus. There's only one who can fulfill that deepest longing. And his name is Jesus. He's the answer that we've been looking for. He's the answer that these guys were looking for. He's the hope that we've been longing for. Everything else is temporary and passes away. But Jesus is the fulfillment of everything in every way. We all look for fulfillment in our lives, whether it's we look to our spouse or to friends or to work or, or money, we all do it. There's all these, there's, and even when we have started walking with Jesus and we lay those things aside, there's still that temptation. Where is it, Lord, in me, in us, that I'm still looking for fulfillment in something other than Jesus? Because when it's not Him, it's idolatrous and it ends up just disappointing us. It ends us, it leaves us in want. But when we look to Jesus, he never has and he never will disappoint. Ever. Ever. He's the longing fulfilled that is a tree of life bearing good fruit inside of us. And as Micah talked about last week, when Adam and Eve, they, they went and they chose, instead of choosing the, the, to, to go to the, the tree of life, they chose to go another way to say no to Jesus but to say no to God. But then Jesus comes and he, he brings it all back together. And he, he fulfills the prophecy of what, that he is going to return that tree of life, that, that life bearing fruit in us. And it's the Spirit of God living inside of us, bearing good fruit in each and every one of us. He's the fulfillment of the prophecy. And even, I even think about this Proverbs 13 verse. It was pointing to Jesus the whole time. They didn't all know it, but it was pointing to him. It's all about him. So today is an opportunity for us to come to Jesus, who is the fulfillment of our deepest longings, and he wants to meet us right here today in our disappointments and set us free. So if you guys would, let's go ahead and stand up, and we're going to respond to the Lord this morning. Ministry team, worship team, come on up. So if you're new here with us, you know, this is something that we do here every, every Sunday because we want to be a people that respond to what he's saying to us. 
We don't want to be ones who just sit and listen. We want to be able to be ones who, who walk in what he's got for us. And this is an opportunity to respond to him. So in a moment, we'll have an opportunity. I'll pray. And if you would like some prayer just with somebody, then you can, with our ministry team here, then you can come on up. But before we do that, we we'll just ask that you close your eyes here for a moment. And just take a couple of deep breaths. And as you do that, just say this simple prayer. Here I am, Lord. You know, the one who met them there that day, wanting to meet these people that we don't know anything about, and we've only heard of them one time in the Bible. But he cared about them. It wasn't just that he came to Peter and James and John and all the disciples. It's that he came to this one, to these guys. One of them's even unnamed. He's coming to us today. He wants to speak to us today. Right into the middle of our disappointments. If you have never said yes to following Jesus before, if you've never made him the Lord of your life before, then today is the day of salvation. Today is an opportunity to say yes to him. And I can tell you that he really is the, the fulfillment of the deepest longing of all of our hearts. And when we say yes to him, when we say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I lay myself down before you, and I want you to live inside of me. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I, I need you. And I thank you that you came to me and you met me right where I'm at, that you died on the cross for me and rose again. We thank you, Jesus. I want to live with you forever. If, you, if that's who you are, then in a moment here when I pray, then you can come on forward. Tell one of our guys here, one of our ministry team, we want to pray with you, help walk you through that process. For the rest of us, as we deal with this word about laying down disappointment and picking up hope, I want you just, as you're there in that quiet moment there with your eyes shut, just ask the Lord, Lord, is there something that I need, a disappointment that I need to lay down at the foot of the cross right now? Or maybe it's the response. Maybe you know the disappointment, but it's the response. I need to repent. I need to turn from that. I want, I want you to be the hope of my life, Jesus. Not any temporary things. Let's take this moment, listen to him for just a moment. You know, there's power in us praying for one another. There's power in us praying for each other. So come on and uh, come on up to the front. Receive some prayer from these folks. These folks have walked through disappointment themselves or whatever else it is that you need some prayer for. And they want to just be, we want to be the church. We want to be ones who pray for one another, who lift one another up, come around each other. So come on forward. Whatever your need is, let me pray for us. Father, have your way in this room. Have your way in our hearts. Lord, lead us. 
to whatever it is that you've got for us, Lord. We want to say no to disappointment, Lord, and, and, and to, to leaving it unchecked, Lord, with you. But we want to bring it to your, foot, to your feet, Jesus, and let you bring healing and hope into our lives. So would you have your way in this place, in the name of Jesus. So come on up, no matter your need, whether it's something about this message or anything else, come on up and get some prayer.